things that he has done. Things that we take credit for. To God be the glory. For the things that he's done in our lives. To God be the glory. We do well to keep that refrain in our mind. God who does it all. So easy to forget sometimes. When we're lost in the moment, celebrating the goodness of God in our lives. The truth of the matter is, had it not been for him, we would not be in that situation. So to God be the glory for the things that he has. He has done. What is it about the weather that throws you in a melancholy state? I wasn't in this place before I got here this morning, and then Ridge queued up that song that Deacon Miles was saying all the time. Life is just like that, you start thinking. Then I was cheered because somebody let me know that all the way in Arizona, Mary Cole has signed on to listen to us this morning. Everybody say good morning, Miss Cole. Amen. All the way from Airport Hill, Sam Maddox is here to celebrate with us this morning. What will you do to celebrate with the Lord? I hear secular singers talk about all the time what they'll do for the folk they love. They sing it all the time in such emphatic ways. And what will you do to celebrate and be with the Lord? Shaka Khan, you remember her, don't you? Don't act like y'all ain't never twisted. Yeah, she said she'll go through the fire to the limit to the wall for a chance to be with you. I gladly risk it all. Y'all know the song? Yes, she probably was high, but she was right. You can be high and right. Even a drunk man can tell the truth. Yeah. What will you do? Because he did it all. He said to the cross, to the grave. I'll go for you. All he's asking us is what we're willing to do to be with him. And I'm so thankful today that he allowed us to be together. I ask you to continue to pray for the family that's grieving right now. More than just our church family. There are others who are grieving. Certainly we'd be remiss. We didn't celebrate the life of Sterling Fields. Some of y'all don't know who he is, never met him. That's all right. He was a member of this church and an active member of this church. So we ask you to pray for his family. I also, also want you on a happy note to celebrate 95 years of life with Miss Geraldine Williams. Celebrate. Celebrate. There's not a day in our life that can go by when you don't celebrate 95 years. 
We know how good God had to be to put 95 years together for a black woman. Come on now. There's so many micro blessings that had to be given. I ain't talking about the macro blessings. Yeah. Through it all, she's been faithful. She's one of my most ardent cheerleaders. And not just me, it's church. She is faithful. And you know, we just love her. I'm glad that she's celebrating this milestone. We've been in a Bible and a study series entitled Rooted. Rooted. R-O-O-T-E-D. And we've been using um, the analogy or the comparison of our lives to a gardener's work with plants. And I think some of you have been able to draw the uh, comparison of how God is allowing you to grow, how you got to be in the right soil, and then um, it's all entirely up to the master gardener as to our progress. So today we want to continue that series, and I think today's lesson might be uh, mature, I think is the word I want to use. Uh, if I use any more pejorative a term, sometimes, or negative a term, sometimes you check out on it. But I, I want to use a mature term today because uh, any good gardener knows that there's some work that has to be done in a garden uh, that the plants don't necessarily like. A few, a few weeks ago, we looked over there and there's a rose garden outside of this church that was planted about 12 years ago when we did our renovations. And uh, if you looked at it, it was barren. It, was, it had been cut all the way back because the gardener who takes care of it uh, knows when to take care of removing things that shouldn't be. So if you looked over there, it looked, it wasn't very sightly. But the master gardener knows how to go through and do those things like removing things. And if you look at it today, it's beautiful. Just a few weeks later. So today I want to talk about the power of pruning. Power of pruning when it comes to the master gardener's involvement in your life. And as a foundational scripture, the gospel according to St. John chapter 15 is the text. You know this text, verses one through five, if I can read it in your hearing, and I'm sure it's going to be displayed. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5 reads, I am the vine. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
Yeah. To God be the glory. That's what he just wrote. Yeah. It's a natural part of the organic process in any area where there's a lot of vegetation that every now and then there must be some clearing out in order for growth uh, to continue. You see on TV a lot, forest fires. What you don't realize is sometimes, and we have a, we have a forester in here, sometimes they're intentionally set. It's not always something that happens because, you know, someone left a campfire burning or they weren't responsible. Sometimes the people who are responsible for the management of that area set the fire so that they can clear out the unneeded undergrowth. And that allows for the entire area to come back more fruitful. But we don't pay attention to that. And if we got sense enough, to do that, surely the master God in our lives knows how to take things happening in our world and prune them, clear them out. And so God is, and, 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 and the writer here is very clear from the beginning that the, the jobs are clear. Jesus says, I'm the true vine. You have to be connected from me. Any fruit that comes into your life comes because of your connection from me. A fruit alone doesn't bear fruit. It has to be connected to something. And what he's saying is it has to be connected to me. And just as I am the true vine, guess what? He says, and my father is the gardener. Let's not get mistaken on what the roles are in this situation. God is in charge. That's been a recurrent theme through these last three sermons that we have. He places you where he wants you. He puts you in the right soil and gives you the right nourishment. He gives you uh, living rivers of water to grow. And now we're doubling down on the notion that God is, according to St. John, the gardener the master gardener in your life. I don't know who you thought was doing. I don't know if you thought you had gotten smart enough or had enough connections or met enough folk or lived long enough. But the truth of the matter is, it's been God who's been cultivating your life all along. And the fruit that you see is born because of his favor in your life. Now, people who are not connected to the true vine don't have this notion, Cam. They think that they're able to manipulate the environs of the world themselves to make things happen to them. But how many of y'all know, I know plenty of folk who were in college who were smarter than me. Yeah, they were smarter than me. They, 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 they used to blow me away when it came to their logic and their reasoning. And yeah, they can't hold a job. Yeah, they can't hold a job, a job that I know they were qualified for. They can't hold it. Yeah. And I can't sit back and start to wonder why it is that the difference is made. All I know is that I can say without a doubt if it had not been for God on my side. There are places I've been and things I've done that I would not have been able to do had God not allowed it. I know he's given me jobs I wasn't the most qualified for. I know he sustained me on jobs that maybe by myself I might not have been there. And I bet 
if you go back and look through your life too, there have been days when you weren't the best at whatever, and yet God showed favor on you. He kept you there. Why? Because he's the master God. And he keeps you in the spaces that he needs you to be in to do the things that he needs to have done. And if he's the master gardener, he's going to get you all the resources you need. But that's also, for Bobby, that comes with this caveat, that there are times in your life that God needs to do some pruning. We don't like to talk about that. No, no. Pruning, I can't even make it sound fun. There's no word I can use to, to make it sound like it's a beneficial process, but it is. It is. God can use anything in your life to shape you into what he wants you to be. Anything. Not just the good. This is the maturity that comes. Not just the good. He can use anything in your life. Your worst day can end up being your best blessing with God in charge. He can do it. Yeah. He'll prune you. If there's something in your life that's bad, he can remove it from you. Now, we're going to have a grown conversation this morning because some of us have been looking wrong at some things. Yeah. If there's something bad in your life, he can remove it through pruning, Cass. But look at this. If there's something good in your life, but not good enough, he can remove that too. And that's when we start getting into trouble because we like it. But God says, while this is good, this isn't good enough for what I want you to do. And that's when we start getting confused. It might be a person who's in your life who's not bad for you. They're just not good enough for you. I bet if we're honest with ourselves, follow me. Yeah, I bet if we're honest with ourselves and we follow along, we go back and we review our lives. We had some folk that we used to fellowship with. And we spent a lot of time fellowshipping with that person. And somehow, for some reason, the fellowship broke off. And even though it was a positive relationship we had, your life got better after that person was gone from your life. Watch this. When there's something in your life, let's just take the garden, for example. On a plant, a vine that is not producing still takes water. It still takes nourishment. It still takes space. It still takes the things that every other good producing vine takes, and yet it offers nothing in return. Help me, help me understand now how you can continue to nourish a relationship with someone that is not necessarily bad, but it ain't good either. It just is. In fact, we keep relationships sometimes because we're familiar with it, because it feels okay to us, and we put energy into those relationships. That energy does not return with a benefit. So God has a way of pruning those kinds of relationships. I remember, this is how we get familiar with things and how we, uh, I remember when I was growing up, it was a certainty 
that comes Sunday, and the Lord has been working with me on this topic of continuing the good things in life and not letting the circumstances of life change them. And I got to put this into the context of, of this sermon. Come Sunday when I was growing up, it was a certainty. One, if there was nothing wrong with you in your house, you're going to get up. You're going to go to church. That was going to happen. Whether my mama had a shift at University Hospital or not, you know, you were going to church. If she had a shift, she was going to take you. <clears throat> and as it was, if she didn't have a shift, she was going to make sure you got there. But after that service was over, I would have laid my life down on the line to tell you that you would have been able to find me in one place. And that was at 3701 43rd Avenue North. And that was my grandmom and granddaddy's house. I was going to be there every Sunday after church. Like clockwork. It was the most assuring thing in my life that I could go there after church. I knew I was going to go there and see my family, those that came out. They knew. After church on Sunday, everybody at mom and dad's house. They knew that. And then life twists, as it will, and mom and daddy aren't at the house no more. The house still there. <laughs> the house is still there. Somebody else in the family lives there now. But the nature of the house has changed. Even though the house is still there, it don't mean the same. It's still 3701, 43rd Avenue North. But the nourishment that I used to get from being in that place doesn't exist anymore. Now, I could continue spending the energy going by there all the time. I could continue being in that space, but God has pruned it from my life. And that energy now has replaced, has been replaced by us doing other things. And my prayer, amen, but my prayer is that you understand where I'm taking you on this. There are things you used to do, places you used to go that are not beneficial to your growth and to kingdom building. They're not necessarily bad and nobody's mad at anybody you just are not growing there anymore. And so God moves you. He changes the circumstances. And so write this down. First thing you got to be aware of is that God is the gardener in your life. Now, now, you may have already given that contract to somebody else. You may have given them permission to be your mentor. Though, ain't that the term we use? Yeah, the mentor or something like that, your advisor. Yeah, you give them the ability to help you move through life. Can, can I tell you, you better know who their gardener is before you give somebody else permission to have sway and say over your life. You better know who they're listening to because they may not be on the same sheet of music and they may not even be spiritually minded. Yeah. I would dare say that just because somebody is excellent professionally doesn't mean you need to let them be in charge of your life. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm amazed these days. I'm amazed these days that people um, uh, don't have any problems calling religion and relationship with the Lord ridiculous. Yeah, when you let them know that that is a part of your makeup, that I am going to have to pray about that. I'm going to have to see what the Lord has to say about that. And in a professional setting, they'll look at you like you are crazy. Even in Alabama, as Bible-thumping as we are in Alabama, people have just gotten to a place now where they used to hold that back. They wouldn't say that. They'd just be quiet. But now they say, you still believe that nonsense? These are people that I respected from a professional standpoint for a long time. And then I get to see them in a different light. That's not the time for me to try to evangelize or proselytize them. No, God allowed me to see that so I could put that in perspective on what I'm dealing with. Because otherwise, I wouldn't have known. I came to tell you right now, that's what the, that's what the whole social media, I can say what I want to say movement has done for us. It allows people to be more free when they speak their mind. You better pay attention. And Maya Angelou said, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Now, does that mean you should change how you go about things? No, it simply means you need to be aware of who you're dealing with. And your life is worth more than your professional success. It is worth more than your next raise, your next bonus. You are more valuable than that. And if you get your foundational life together, the rest of that will fall in place. Didn't I tell you that God is the master gardener? If God places you in this space, then he will grow you in this space. It doesn't matter who your supervisor is. It doesn't matter who the president of the company is. It doesn't matter who your coworker is. God knows how to prove who doesn't need to be there and move you to the place that you need to be planted. Do not count on folks for favor. God is the gardener, and he's the master gardener. That's the first thing we see in these two verses, this, this, first, uh, this verse, uh, chapter two, verse 2 of chapter 15, that Jesus makes it clear be connected to me because I'm the vine. Grow in me. Grow in me. Yeah. Everything you need flows from your relationship. And then secondly, the one who's cultivating the growth in your life is God. Is God. I know that's hard to understand. I know it. But it's crucial to remember that God created everything. And when he created everything, guess what? He's omniscient enough to know to create it with you in mind. And so he knows the place that he wants you to have in it. This is the problem. It may not be sexy where he's got you. It may not be outside so everybody can see it. It may not be a place where you get a lot of attention. But that doesn't mean it's not purposeful. That doesn't mean it doesn't help build kingdom and bless you. You just got to be faithful enough. 
faithful enough to do what he tells you to do. Watch this. I want to I give you an example. There's a gentle art of elimination and cultivation. You got to know the difference because God and the master gardener knows the difference between eliminating something and cultivating something. And this happens in our lives, too. Not just not just a plant. Some some plants like these out here, you have to. Uh, Dar, I don't know if Dars is back. That should tell you on these roads, you have to deadhead them. There are flowers on there that are stopping other flowers from grow, from growing. Now, remember now, they were flowers. They had their day to shine. They had their opportunity to bless someone with their fragrance and their appeal, but they're no longer capable of doing that, and so the gardener will come out and do what deadhead them, remove them so that others can grow behind it, and more than likely, the ones that grow behind it are going to be more fragrant and, 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 and larger because the, the one that had stopped producing was blocking them with the nutrients. It's cultivation. Seems like it's just elimination but it's actually cultivating the plant to grow. The definition of pruning is to trim by cutting away dead or overgrown branches or stems. This is the definition. Especially, watch this now, because it doesn't seem like it would fit, to increase fruitfulness and growth. So in, in other words, what you're doing is getting rid of to get more of. That's the purpose of pruning. And one of the main jobs of the gardener is to remove dead fruitless from a plant or garden so that he can produce, he or she can produce more. And so often, I'm going somewhere on this now, get ready. Often the plant can be hindered by a dead portion. Often a person can be hindered by a dead portion in their life. But what's dead in your life may not be a plant. It may be a person. It may be a relationship that you should have gotten rid of. But you hang on to it. Why? Because it's familiar. And sometimes it's easier to hold on to that relationship because the pain of getting rid of it you think is more than you can bear. The truth of the matter is you can't get to better until you get rid of that dead piece in your life. Yeah, you worried about how you might look. You worried about what folk might say. But the truth of the matter is your life is sitting on, on ready, but being blocked. And what's blocking it, hear me now, what's blocking it ain't the person. What's blocking it is your decision. <laughs> when you make the decision that I'm going to allow the master gardener to prove this, then you'll start seeing not just growth. The Bible says fruitful. You'll see exponential growth in your life. Because the nutrients that you were spending on this dead, not fruitful area can now go and nourish something else. Yeah, 
What is it that's blocking you? I'm, I'm telling you, it may be a person. It may be seen in your life that you know you need to change. Nobody knows it but you. I don't see. I see a whole lot of folk. The T-shirt game is big these days. I see a lot of folk walking around with a lot of uh, affirmative T-shirts on, but I don't see nobody walking around listing their sins. I'm a liar. I don't see nobody walking around, but they are. They are. Yeah, I'm a thief. I'm envious. Yeah, I'm jealous of you. Can't you tell? Nobody got that on no T-shirt. Yeah. I am full of pride. Yeah. You think those T-shirts would sell? I don't. But the truth of the matter is, whether or not you broadcast it to the world, you're struggling with that. Yeah. I smile, but I don't like you. Maybe it's some discipline you need in your life. Yeah, maybe the things that's stopping you from growing is simply that you are not disciplined enough in your life. You could be better at whatever it is God has got you doing, but you're not disciplined enough to produce the fruit that needs to be done. I mean, that, that needs to be produced. And so maybe you just need to get up earlier. And make yourself get up earlier. That takes discipline. Yeah. Maybe you can get the job if you get there before 11 o'clock. Maybe discipline is what's required. Uh, or or maybe, maybe, maybe it's even something that's going good in your life. Maybe it's something that you do well. But you do it well at your speed. Not God's speed. You do it just good enough, but it's not what God wants you to do. It's not how he wants you to do it. And if you would allow him to flow through you, then what's good now can turn to great. And suddenly a great, you're doing magnificently, but you're okay. How many of y'all are okay with the ministry of just good enough? How many? I mean, I'm, I'm just, you ain't got to raise your hand. Just good enough. I do just enough. I give just enough. I participate just enough. I'm not going to go overboard. I'm just going to do my little part. When you do somebody else's part, if they can't do it, maybe God is waiting to see the level of sacrifice you will make in your life before he blesses you with something else. Yeah, maybe your just enough doesn't produce enough fruit for him and so God is saying, I can cultivate you and we can do better. We can do better. It doesn't always have to be e elimination. Yeah. And watch this now. When it comes to pruning, less can be more. When it comes to pruning, yeah, less can be more. I'm going I'm to I'm embarrass him just a little bit. I'm going to call him up. He's going to talk to us for a minute because... The best example that I could, as I was preparing for this sermon, <clears throat> the best example I could come up with was my brother right here, Casanova. Come up here, brother. Now, I don't want you to look real hard, but I just want you to glance at Cass and see if you notice anything different about him than when he first came. Anything different? 
Yeah, clearly, cash has, there's less of cash. All right, how much less? 81 pounds less. 81 pounds less. Now, you can, no, look, look. Anybody ever struggle to get two pounds off? Yeah, we talking about 81. I'm talking, not two. Yeah. 81 pounds, and yet, despite the fact that he is 81 pounds less, he's actually better. There's more to cash because there's less of cash. You need to hear me on this now. Yeah, because all of the things that could be looked at as a negative from a biological sense are more favorable now because there's 81 pounds less of him. The doctor be waving him off now. I don't even want to see you. You are going about your business now. Where there was some caution flags before. And he knows I'm not trying to embarrass him. He's doing this to live better. To live better. It hasn't been hard. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's been hard. But God has been pruning him. He's been pruning him. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. He's been pruning him. Yeah. Less can be more. Less can be more. It's not because God, and we're in this situation, and Pam, Cass has been, I got both of y'all sitting over Cass has been deliberate about what he's been doing. I know how hard it is to lose weight. You know Every time I lose something, they find me back again. I mean, they just come looking for me. Uh, oh, it's true. It's the truth. But I'm going to hide real good this time from it. Why? Because it makes you it makes you better. And God gives you strength to do it if you will allow it. But can I, can I tell you, we have bad habits. Those habits block us. This is what we need strength to help us with, to deal with the habits that we have developed. Not overnight, over years, we've developed these habits, and it's burdensome for us. And we got to make sure that we follow the guidance of the Lord, because in some respects, we think it's a physical battle, but it's not. It's a spiritual battle. The spiritual battle. And when we come to a place where we can understand that the spirit can control us in that physical place, then we end up we end up doing better. According to Hebrews, there's a race that's been marked out for us. The race that God wants us to finish. You've read it before because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The scripture says in Hebrews, so let us run, let's lay aside every weight. It's interesting. It's interesting because the weight that's spelled out is W-E-I-G-H-T, which literally is what we're carrying physically on our bodies. Yeah. That's slowing us down, hindering us. Can I tell you, even if you don't have physical weight, you still can be weighed down. Yeah, because you don't have to have a whole lot of physical weight to have the, the problems that come with having weight. You can be real thin and have some medical problems that the doctors are not happy with. Somebody need to hear me on this. Young folk, y'all need to hear me on this. Yeah. You got to maintain your physical standards even if you don't have a lot of weight on you because your blood pressure can still be out of control. 
Yeah, your 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 glucose can still act up based on some other thing. You got to pay attention to those things, and it's not an easy or comfortable process to deal with. But when we're talking about pruning, God can get you to that place. And then, last thing I want to tell you is this: when when you have a healthy connection with the vine, you can produce good fruit. What's a healthy connection? Healthy connection means you're not just coming here to check a box. You're not just involved in a community of other believers just to check a box. You enjoy the fellowship. What does it do when you enjoy the fellowship? You put yourself in spaces with other right-thinking people who will help you see what's not growing well in you. You don't isolate yourself. All right, you learn the things that can be learned. Not only that, you contribute to the entire uh, uh, benefit of the whole group. God has you in a church congregation because you got something to contribute. The question is, are you contributing? Are you giving back some of what God has blessed you with? That's important because you're not just here just to be here. Every one of you has a beneficial role to play in this church congregation. And if you're not in a physical location with a church congregation, there's a blessing you too can give to the folk around you, to your community, to your neighbors. God has you in the body for a purpose. And I don't think that there's anything more frustrating than being in a group day after day after month after year and not feeling like you can contribute or give something back. But sometimes the thing that's hindering you from giving is you. Is you. Is you not doing your part. Is you not offering. Yeah, the pie you make this time may not be better than last than the pie. Make it anyway. The cake you bake may not be the one that is pulled out the first time. Bake it anyway. When you come and contribute on a Sunday, the song you sing, you may not think you sounded as good as you could have said. Keep singing. Keep singing. Because all of it you're doing for the Master God. You're doing it to produce fruit that's going to be beneficial to everyone. We got to stop letting what we think folks are going to think stop us from doing something. That level of embarrassment has stopped many of people from contributing. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Every one of you, when you first believed, got all those things placed in you. There's not one of those fruit of the Spirit that you as a believer in Christ do not have. There's not one. The question is, are you watering them? You want to be kinder? Kindness has to be watered. Kindness has to be exposed in order to grow. You want to be, you want to be faithful, more faithful? Same thing. You have to be in a place where you at least try to use these things. You can't, there are no grumpy Christians. All I'm saying is you're not using something that God has given you. 
You're making an excuse if you think you're always supposed to be sour. God didn't give you that. That's of the flesh. And if you keep on pushing it out like that, then of course that becomes your reputation, but you don't have to have that if you dwell on the things that God has given to you. There are areas in our lives, all of us, that we desire to grow in. The master gardener is aware of that because he knows everything. And the only way these things are able to grow day to day is if you remain connected to Jesus. So if you want to get better in terms of your faithfulness, let's study what faithfulness is. Let's identify how other people have struggled with faithfulness and grown from it. Let's talk to some people and find out how they became more faithful. Because I guarantee you there are other people sitting around you right now who have struggled with that. And look what happens. When you start having those conversations, there's fellowship that's increased. Yeah, there's dialogue that's increased. The church body gets closer together because we are sharing with one another. Remain in him, not just in the good time, but also in adversity. Also, when things are tough, are tough and through trials, those opportunities, those opportunities allow everybody to grow. Spiritual growth doesn't happen by accident. It doesn't. And it's not going to happen just because you sit and listen to Reverend Sparks on Sunday morning. you got to do something in order for it to grow. The one thing you got to do is remain faithful to the Lord. And in those areas that you know you need to change, you're going to have to have the courage to train them, to change them. We could have still been left in a posture where we are not growing because we didn't have a connection back to the Master God. But all that was worked out for us. We tried all the little things we could try to sled. They didn't work. We tried bulls and turtle doves. We tried all those things. And somehow, even though we were offering those sacrifices, we were still blocked. We were still blocked. But Jesus came that we might know the proper way to do things. Jesus came and gave us an example. And Jesus showed us how you can live in this life and stay connected to the Father. His example is there for us. And because he's shown us this example, we need to, watch this now, abide in him. Live in him. When you live in him and follow his example, the Holy Spirit can guide you in terms of you being connected to the master gardener. Have you tried that? If you're here, you've never tried that before. Then now's the time for you to start that relationship. If you've never connected yourself through Jesus Christ back to God the Father, then you're struggling and you can't fix that problem. My Bible says you must believe in Jesus and you must believe in what he has done for us. You must believe in him, not just living. Easy at Christmas to believe in the babe on the manger. Yeah, it's, that's, that's easy for most right-thinking people to believe about a little baby. It becomes much harder to believe that that baby grew up and the grown-up baby was willing to die for you. But that's what we have to believe. But not just him living and dying. Crucial point for us is we must, we, it's, it's essential that we believe he was resurrected. That he, that he was resurrected from the dead. That's the Jesus that we're talking about. That's the one through whom our faith flows. That's the one who connects us back to his God and our God, the Father. Do you know him? Do you know him? If you found out that he died for you, 
now's the opportunity for you to make that connection public. I found him, and I know he's mine, and the opportunity is there now for me to publicly celebrate with you. We do that by baptism. I'd love to do that for you. Or maybe you've already got a connection to him, but you don't have a good fellowship with the church. But now's the opportunity for you to connect. We ask you to try us. You can do it either physically by coming here to shake my hand, or we can connect online. You've had a place to go. Whatever the case is, we open the doors of our church right now. We invite you to come in. Come to Jesus right now. Yeah, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Yeah, come to Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Just, just.